Warning, the following podcast contains coarse language and spoilers for the film and the title of the podcast. Now playing Movie Reviews in 20 Cues. Hello, good people, and welcome to Movie Reviews in 20 Cues, the show where we review a movie by asking 20 weird and wonderful questions about it. I'm your host, Liz, uh, desperately hoping that I have resolved my sound quality issues that you may have noticed in the last episode. Sorry about that. Speaking of the last episode, I had so much fun that I decided that we needed a repeat. So welcome back to my lovely guests, Ashley and Emily. Hey, ladies. Woohoo! Yay. <laughs> Yay, girls. Girl power. Now that we've got rid of all men who may be listening to this podcast, <laughs> let me talk about the movie that we are going to be reviewing. Tango and Cash is a 1989 action comedy movie directed by Andre Konchalovsky and Albert Magnoli. It stars Sylvester Stallone as Lieutenant Ray Tango, Kurt Russell as Lieutenant Gabriel Cash, Terry Hatcher as Catherine Tango, and Jack Palance as Eves Perrette. The scores are 6.4 out of 10 on IMDb, 31% on Rotten Tomatoes, and 41% on Metacritic. Now, Ashley loves... Sylvester Stallone, it appears, because she picked this movie. I feel like we we did a Sylvester Stallone movie. She's like, one is not enough. We need to do a second Stallone movie. She must be a little bit gutted about those scores. So any thoughts? Well, so in addition to those two movies, I last weekend watched Cliffhanger with Dan. So I've had a triple feature of Sylvester Stallone in the last two weeks. And I can't say that my life is enriched from the first two, but I ended on a high note. Oh, okay. Well, at least you're positive. That's good. Um, I think Emily <laughs> I think Emily just has nothing better to do. That's correct. I just need someone to help me pick what movie to watch or I just scroll endlessly. Yeah, it's too hard. Too much choice. Stop making movies because there's too many. That seems like a hot take. I don't I don't actually <laughs> just shut down the entertainment industry. We're done. Everybody catch up on all the movies that are already out. <laughs> so Tango and Cash, uh, I think it's cheating if we get Ashley to summarize the plot this time. So I'm gonna be a bitch because I don't want to do it and make Emily do it. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> Two guys have stupid names and they're real good cops, but they one's by the rules, one isn't by the rules. And then they're framed by a bad guy so that they'll be out of the way for a big drug sell, exchange, steal, something with money. And so they're framed, they're put in jail, but then they get out and they get their revenge on all those people that framed them and stop the drug sale exchange. That was <laughs> that was poetic. It <laughs> was beautiful. <laughs> I had to remind myself today, I spent a while going... Okay, Sylvester Stallone is Tango. Kurt Russell is Cash. <laughs> Sylvester Stallone is Tango. Kurt Russell is Cash. They were dumb names. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I at least know people who have the last name Cash, but Tango? They just did that so they could be like, he dances in out of the in there and Tango dances back on out. And I was like, that's why you named him that. And I'm so mad. Yeah, that was tenuous it's- as fuck. It really was. It's so awesome. It's so cheesy. It's so like freaking tongue in cheek, on the nose, ridiculous. And I'm going to save the rest of that sentence because I'm going to talk about it. Well, in that case, let's move straight into the uh, first question, which is our compliment sandwich. It is one thing good, one thing bad, and one thing good about the film. If you want, I don't think Ashley will, but if you wanted to, you could give it a shit sandwich. One bad thing, one good thing, one bad thing. Or if you really love it, which maybe she will. I don't know, listeners, it's exciting. 
look at all the suspense that I'm making for you. Um, she might want to do a hyperbole sandwich, which is one thing good, one thing great, one thing good. But Ashley, why don't you take it away? Okay, so my first good thing is that the writing in this movie is so freaking fantastic, in my opinion. It's like peak 80s action movie comedy where it's like these one-liners or these quips or this banter. Especially like one scene that comes to mind is that shower scene with Tango and Cash and they're just like roasting the shit out of each other. Like, this movie just makes me genuinely laugh every time I watch it throughout. The second thing that I really love about this movie is the bromance between Tango and Cash. It's pretty iconic, especially if this is not your first time seeing it. You've kind of like, I don't know, known about it for a while. It's one of the epic bromances in movie history. And I love that they work well together. They have this chemistry. And then I love Tango being so bothered about the Cash and Catherine of it all. And then my last thing that I love about this movie is how over the top it is. Like the villain is so over the top and extreme. You've got this random tech guy with these crazy gadgets. You've got Catherine at this dance club where they have motorcycles on the stage for props and giant fans. Like the epic showdown at the airfield, like everything's exploding. This movie is fucking bonkers. And it's just amazing from beginning to end. And so I am giving this movie, what are we using as the measuring device? Giant electric cables. I am giving this movie 10,010 electric cables. Wow. I I originally had this movie rated an 8 out of 10, but when I was watching it and I was like trying to find like my bad thing, of course there are things that I, but I can excuse them away. So uh, this movie, I couldn't find any flaws with it. So it's 10.01 out of 10. Well, I don't know about Emily. I think I'll be able to help you find a couple of flaws, but uh, I'm sure you will. (laughs) Just one or two. (laughs) Emily, what about you? I will be doing a compliment sandwich because I think the chemistry here is, of course, it's the hook of it, but it's also what they're trying to do in every other movie where they manufacture chemistry and they're like, look, we put The Rock and Ryan Reynolds together. And you're like, okay, yes, they're both stars. And clearly that's what happened here. They were like, here are two big stars and we're two big action stars and we're putting them together. But it actually works. There is something there. It doesn't feel manufactured. The bad thing is that I was really disappointed because there were elements I loved that I thought were so creative and weird, like the weird club, him dressing up, like just there were all these different like little things that I thought were so funny, but the rest, it just didn't come together for me. Like I felt at certain points I was looking at my phone or whatever, and I was more upset just because parts of it were so up my alley that I was like, why, why am I not thrilled by this whole thing? Like I wanted... To, to want to give it 10,010, you know, but I just, <laughs> I wasn't quite there. And the the other good, Terry Hatcher basically being Elizabeth Burley from Showgirls was, was my final <laughs> good thing because what an appearance, what an addition, what a strange choice that I was just like, great, I love this. Like more of that and this movie would be higher for me. Her hair was just fantastic. Electrical cables. <laughs> I'm trying to remember what I gave Rambo, because it's more than that. I'll say 7,000 electrical cables. Solid. If it was on TV, I'd watch it. I probably wouldn't go out of my way to watch it again. That's pretty fair. Nice. Yeah. I'll take it. Nice. I think you gave Rambo in the 6,000, so that works. Yeah. Yeah. All right. From my perspective, Ashley will be pleased to hear that I'm also giving it a compliment sandwich. My first one's that I have a soft spot for Kurt Russell. My favorite movie with him is Executive Decision, but I still like to see him here. It's it's those twinkly blue eyes, particularly those dimples. Like he's he's a very attractive man. 
my bad thing, I just found the action a little bit samey. It wasn't that memorable in places. So, yeah, that's probably the points where I was maybe on my phone a bit more. I don't know how you'd fix that. Action scenes aren't really my thing anyway. But, yeah, just a little bit of it was average to me. And then my final good thing is, yeah, I'd probably go with the dialogue as well as just the quick snappiness of the back and forth. I think that is, as Ashley says, like the epitome of that 80s buddy cop action movie. They really nailed that with the really cheesy one-liners. You know, it is cheesy, it is silly, but you kind of miss that in movies today. They're a little bit more clean and kind of like that kind of corny factor of those old school movies. So, yeah. As I said, it was was a bit... Samey, but I still enjoyed it fine. So I'm going to give it 6,854 electric cables. All right. Very similar to Emily. Um, I'd, I'd probably watch it again. Yeah. Not a terrible choice, Ashley. Well, thank you. I think <laughs> that it's great. And I'm glad that y'all didn't hate your time with it. So that's, that's important to me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Emily, want to get us started on the next question? Yeah, question number two. What was the most preposterously insane leap of logic in this movie? Okay, so I'm going to say the biggest leap of logic to me was how quickly Cash and Tango went to trial and had this whole, like, involved affair. Like, literally, Perrette said that this drug, money, whatever exchange was happening in two weeks. So they got all this done in less than two weeks, which is just... And then the whole trial itself was fucking bonkers. Like... It was just the wildest ride and representation of the American justice system. (laughs) It was like super optimistic. Like, yeah, this had totally happened in two weeks and everyone watching it from America is just like, no, son, no. Mine was basically that Perrette felt it was better not to kill Tango and Cash, which is kind of like the whole premise of the movie. But he's like, you know, we don't want to make them martyrs or anything. I'm like, I don't think that's really going to be a problem you kill them off people are sad for a minute and then they just go on with their jobs and then you don't have two really good detectives coming after you like it seems like a way easier method to me yeah it doesn't make another good detective pop up if you kill them yeah yeah like a hydra (laughs) i mean (laughs) mine was that the fact that they're like sylvester stallone and terry hatch are brother and sister okay they had real weird vibes then you wanted That's us to point. think, I, yeah. So the point was, they wanted us to think that they were hooking up. And then they're like, "Ha ha, they're related by blood." <laughs> and I was like, "Ew!" And then he was so obsessed with what she was doing, and I was like, "Oh, oh my god, guys. why was he so obsessed with his sexuality?" Because they were hooking up. Like she must have been in her mid twenties. She had at a least. whole home with a big glamour shot of herself on the wall. <laughs> she was an adult the fact that the glamour hot was that same same curly hair that she had i was like you just got this taken yesterday and framed it and put it on your wall obviously you're like oh god it sucks that she's taken because now she can't be with Kurt. but then they're like no they're related they grew up in the same house and i was like ew that's gross <laughs> then why do they have sexual chemistry this is right. problematic <laughs> So when they first go into the beginning of the movie with their relationship and they keep you on the guessing game of like you think that they're in a relationship, but he's like super controlling and she's just like blowing him off. And like, have faith in me. I'll be a good girl. I'm like, this relationship is super fucked up. And even though they're related, it's not wrong. It's, this relationship is still super fucked up. It's very weird. Yep. 100%. Okay. So number three, what is the biggest dick move in this movie? Again, I'm going back to Terry Hatcher's sex life. 
Kurt Russell just, I know, okay, maybe it should be that he keeps asking. Kurt Russell, just tell him that you didn't have sex. Like, you know, you know you didn't. It was weird that he walked in and you were like, just say she was giving me a massage. Like, just give him that. Like, I get it. He's being controlling. Just tell him. I don't want to go back and forth about this. I kind of liked it. I love that he wouldn't tell yeah, him. it's none of your fucking business. We might have, we might not have. Although I do have a question about that. At the very end, she's like, it's almost in. He's like, yeah, I've got it. I've got it. In. What were they talking about? The disc. He had a slip oh, disc so the, they were yeah, talking okay, about. And so they were getting the disc I in. just think if he had fully, if, if Kurt Russell had fully done it as just like, I'm not going to tell you, man. But Kurt Russell was definitely doing it in a way that was like, we did have sex and I won't say. So I was just yeah, like, that's true. He's just trying to rile him up. He loves that he's got him so bothered by this. He's not going to like give it to him because their whole thing is to like poke each other and maybe to be dicks to each other. That's yeah. why it's a dick move. Oh, I see you did there. <laughs> yeah. Ba-dum-tsh. Still don't get it. Like, why care? Like, it's not like I want to think about my bros having sex, but also it's none of my fucking business. Do you know what I mean? I, I would be just like, what was happening when I walked in? Like, why is this? Ha- this is so weird. <laughs> like, it was just, he was dressed up. The, the guy was watching through the window. There was just like a lot going on. That's true. That was a weird <laughs> scenario. I could I could see that. Um, my biggest dick move is the tape guy. Like when he actually, he got threatened to make a tape of them. And so he did. I don't understand why he didn't just tell the police that he'd been threatened. Cause surely he'd have links if he's like the tape expert and he testifies. Surely he has links to prosecutors and cops and shit. You taped the bit where they threatened you. Like literally take that to the cops and be like, Hey, I'm scared for my life. Like don't set up two innocent dudes. You can't trust the cops. Exactly. You don't know who Perrette's got on his payroll. Fine, a cab, but still, like, <laughs> I just it annoyed me. Okay, so my biggest dick move is Tango thinking that he has any control over what Catherine does with her life, and then constantly throwing back the things that he's done for her in her face. Like, I pay for this apartment, I do this, and thinking that he can manipulate her. Like, it's super fucking gross. That was so weird. So, so yeah. then, did he hang that picture of her on the wall? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I went out with a guy once in university who would be like, oh, well, you know, I'm buying the drinks, so I'm going to decide what you drink. And when I was like 18, Ugh. I was like, oh, okay. And now I'd be like, uh, no, because he'd order me like a Smirnoff on the rocks. And I'd be like, <laughs> what the fuck, man? Who wants to drink vodka on the rocks? Like, no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> I hate that shit. Yeah, that's so uncool. Moving on to question four. It's a Patreon question from Julio of the Contrarians. A podcast where he and his co-host Alex take on popular opinion, trashing movies everyone loves and praising movies everyone hates. Julio wants to know, what is your most controversial opinion about this film? I think this is a perfect movie. (laughs) 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 There's, like, there's, I can forgive things like this movie is obviously objectifies the shit out of women. There's more naked titties in this movie than there ever needed to be. Yeah, why do you hate women, Ashley? Yeah, well, the men were equally kind of objectified in this movie, which I was not mad at, by the way. There was a lot of these men in Mm -hmm. their muscles for no good reason. But I can excuse that away with it's in the 80s action movie kind of zeitgeist. Like, I can accept it with that. So I can excuse pretty much any complaint away in this movie, which to me makes it a perfect movie. Okay, my controversial opinion is seeing the two of them side by side, I was like, 
we could use a little less Sylvester Stallone. Kurt Russell is taking the whole thing for me. Like, Sylvester Stallone looked great in those little glasses. And I know he writes, he directs, he acts like he's a very smart guy, but he does not have the charisma of a Kurt Russell. Like, he just doesn't. And he like, hey, I'm here too. And it works for what it works for. And I like him. But seeing them side by side, as again, as much as their chemistry works, I was like, he just doesn't have it in the way that Kurt Russell does. So I was like, I know it's the two of them, but if he something bad happened to him and then we're just watching Kurt Russell go to save him, I'd be okay with that too. Yeah, his <laughs> his eyes just don't twinkle in the same way. Are those no. his Kurt Russell's real eyes? <laughs> no. He put fake eyes in. I mean, no, they could be contacts. <laughs> In 1989, I don't think I they don't had no, but I was struck. I was like, what is this husky of a man? I think, if yeah, if you watch any of his other movies, they're that blue. I do love those sort of- He's bored uh, in his other movies. Is it cornflower blue, ice blue? I don't know what we call them, but they're very pretty. Cerulean blue, baby. Yeah, I love it. Gorgeous. Um, yeah, I thought that the movie actually should have had, I know it's an action comedy or whatever, but I actually think it should have had less action and more detective work. What I really liked about it at one point was how they sort of split off and went and chased down different leads, and I found that really cool. I think it could have been a lot better movie had they spent a bit more time around solving the question around who had set them up. I think that could have been really cool. I get that. I loved the action, though. I felt like they did different kinds. Like, there was hand-to-hand, there was car chases, there was explosions. It was everything. It was like bulldozers and shit. (laughs) Yeah. I actually wrote that, like, this is the perfect man movie because it's got, like, all of the things men want in a movie, right? There's boobs, there's snappy one-liners, there's car chases, explosions, fights, Monster trucks. Monster trucks. Like, what more does anyone need? A ridiculously over-the-top villain that appears in fog and stays cloaked in shadows while making his first appearance to the heroes. Oh, but it had so that, good. Ashley. It had that. So. I know. I'm just, I'm just effusing about everything that I love about this perfect film. I love it. <laughs> um, moving us to question five, I think Emily would like to present this question. It's a Patreon question from Emily, me, from the <laughs> podcast Tasteless. And the question is, what movie would you watch with this as a double feature? 21 Jump Street. Like the modern take on buddy cops, because I feel like it's a similar kind of energy, but it's just quite a contemporary version. Plus, you know, I like Channing Tatum, so that's good. Yeah, I think it'd be a good little uh, combination there. Oh, yeah. I was thinking along the same lines. I said the other guys, the Will Ferrell and Mark Wahlberg, opposites attract buddy cop movie. So, yes. I went with the Man from Uncle remake, (gasps) which. I fucking love that movie. <laughs> I don't care how we feel about Army Hammer. Very fun action. Like two guys that don't like each other, but they have to get along. And there's a lady between them, but nobody's related to her. <laughs> <laughs> Just like in this movie. Uh, no, they're related, Emily. Did you not nope. get that bit in the no? I'm going to assume she's his stepsister and they did not grow up together. Yeah. Also, we feel badly about Army Hammer, if that helps. Well, I don't like Cannibalism you- and all. I don't know enough about the facts to say anything other than I like the man from Uncle. I like the man from Uncle. I also, if Army Hammer was DMing me, I wouldn't tell anyone. <laughs> <laughs> Do you hear about Army Hammer and Erica Girardi? <gasps> Apparently, they were hooking up. It's also good. Can I? Can I, I still watch that movie? I can still watch it. Army, I, yeah. I, I, we can't do this to Alicia Vikander and Henry Cavill. 
we can still support no. them. Yeah, that seems yeah. fair. I think that's perfectly reasonable. Question six is also a Patreon question from the legendary Chris Yeeney. Uh, what would Chris like to know, Ashley? Chris would like to know what on the nose song would you insert into this movie and where? A song from another film, a little film called Toy Story. Play, <laughs> you've got a friend in me as they high five at the end over the credits. <laughs> That's so cute. I did not expect you to say Toy Story for some reason. Like, that just surprised me. I'm going with quite the opposite sort of vibe. I'm going with Sexual Healing by Marvin Gaye when <laughs> Catherine's giving Cash a massage because that's really the vibe I was getting there. Nice. Mm-hmm. I'm going with Folsom Prison Blues by Johnny Cash when they're arriving to the prison. I like that. So it's like double on the nose because it's the cash Double cash. <gasps> oh, Love yeah. it. Yeah. That's smart. You're smart. I know. Yeah. SMRT. S M A R T. No, it's like S M A T. I mean, S M A R T. That's a substance quote for anyone who doesn't get it. I'm smart. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> I couldn't help myself. Well, I think it's S A M R T. S M R T. Yeah, yeah. Homer's dancing around singing at it. He's like, I am so smart. I am so smart. S A M R T. I mean, S M A R T. S-A-M-R-T. Nick Haskins, I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh, I love that. This is our next podcast, Girls Watch Simpsons. <laughs> yeah. Feminist they hot takes it. on The Simpsons. Oh, actually, I only know it to like season 13, so after that I'm useless. I'm the one person still watching new episodes. Wow, thanks I find it for comforting. keeping it going. Yeah. yeah, it's me. I'm supporting The Simpsons Industrial Complex. <laughs> well, someone's got to do it, I guess. Question seven is a fan favorite. What quote from this film would be the worst to hear immediately after having sex? Crazy people aren't afraid of anybody. Nice. Lucky for me, this place is soundproof. That way nobody gets to hear me beating the truth out of you. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, would that work? I just was like, oh, soundproof. Perfect. Oh, no. For a beating? Bad. Yeah, I guess so. (laughs) I had a couple. I had, I prefer blondes because... I'm not blonde, and that would make me sad. You're not blonde. Yeah, and I've had enough of this. That's pretty brutal. And you did pretty good for your first lesson, <laughs> which is so patronizing. That's so rude. I'm in my 30s, and this is not my first time. Oh, no. The other one I had is we're going to get FUBAR now. Oh, yeah. How did Tango not know FUBAR? Yeah, he's like right? the buttoned up, like military. He should yeah. know all the little terms. Yeah, I just, I was really surprised at that. I know Fuba. He wasn't in the military. He's just an investment banker, and that's where he wears his little suits. Yeah, he's a stock, stock market player. Yeah, Detective Armani, is that what they called him? <laughs> yeah. Rambo's a pussy. Yeah. Which also, by the way, I see that they just put that in there to be funny, but also. That scenario had nothing to do with Rambo. So I was like, I don't get why he thinks he's Rambo. Like, Because he's Sylvester Stallone. Get it? What? Sylvester Stallone oh, played Rambo. <laughs> I wish I would have put that. No, obviously. <laughs> obviously, but like in the scene, it made no sense. I was like, you're just using this and it no. doesn't even make sense, you madman. Unless you count the fact that the backwoods cops were talking shit to him and trying to like be assholes to him. That's the only parallel I can yeah, see. Yeah, I guess so. Okay, Emily, hit us with question eight. What sign character had their life completely ruined by the events of this movie? 
I was going to say that audio expert that had his equipment blown up and his career basically ruined because he was blackmailed by the the villains. Yeah, that's a good call. I'm going to say the Russian guy with presents early on, like when Cash wrecked his car, because actually he and his wife were like estranged and this was his last chance to reconcile with her. It was the anniversary (gasps) and she was furious that he missed it and she just never spoke to him again. And I mean, he never got to see his kids and his depression led him to lose his job and start drinking. And he just oh, basically no. spent the rest of his life as a sorry alcoholic. Welcome to America, pal. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> that actually, having your car just taken, I don't, how do you, there's no like recourse for that. Like, what do you do? But I, I went in the same vein as Ashley and said that judge <laughs> who called them guilty. And it's like, but they're hero cops. You already are like kind of in trouble for doing that. And then it comes out that they were set up and you look like a real idiot. Yeah, he did. That's yep. very good. Okay, Ashley, I know this is probably a favorite question for you. All right. So how would y'all best incorporate a talking dog into this movie? Terry Hatcher needed a dog who Kurt Russell had to win over to get her to want to go out with him. Because it was I was like, there needs to be a little more like Something between her and him besides just her brother wanting to bone her, too. (laughs) Ew. That's the vibe of your favorite film, Ashley. I don't see that. I see awkward and controlling and, like, bad relationship, but I don't see sexual relationship. I see sexual relationship, and instead there should have been a dog, but not for (laughs) sex. Boom, chicka, wow, wow. (laughs) Um, I feel like they spent a bit of time on Tango at the start, like tracking down a drug dealer and being smart. So, And I don't think they did as much for Cash. So I think for Cash, they could have had him fighting these drug dealers who were frantically trying to burn some weed. Like he managed to track them down. They're like, oh, and they're like throwing all this weed into things. And he accidentally gets a bit high and he hallucinates that their dog is talking to him or them. I'm not sure. I don't mind. That's, That's good. Amazing. That actually makes sense. I had two oh. options. One of them was as like the tech guys, like one of his gadgets. So it'd be like an automaton type of thing. And then the other option was Tango's crazy ass slinky cellmate that he had like a dog that talked to him and told him to do the things like Son of Sam style. That would have been amazing. Did it, We talked about Son of Sam in our last episode, too. <laughs> <laughs> they featured a lot of Son of Sam on Only Mur- Murders in the Building Season 2, which I'm also watching. So, like, it's in my brains. That's fair. No, that's awesome. I love that idea. Question 10 is a Patreon question from our man Dave Baker of www.patreon.com slash favorite, where you can find a ton of awesome content. So Dave asks, what two characters would you want with you at a house party? I want my favorite character, Terry Hatcher, <laughs> but also the guy who had the rat because I want him to bring that rat so I can pet it. Really? The bad guy. Yeah. He's just str- – I was like, oh, it's so cuddly. I would – if somebody said, here's a cuddly rat, you can hold it, I would be so excited. So I would be at the party with the rat guy. We'd be in the corner. I would be holding the rat. Maybe I could do make it do a little trick or sit on my shoulder. And Terry Hatcher could keep people from bullying us. Because she was tough and cool. Well, she could just distract people. <laughs> if it's a games night party, even better, because Perret loves to play games. Like, he would be down. That's true. I'm going to have Kiki and Cash at my party. I feel like those two are the life of the party and super fun. 
They're not going to look at you. I don't need them to look at me. I can look at them. <laughs> yeah, clearly she's going to be doing fabulous dancing at both of your parties. So it's fine. <laughs> I was going to say she's going to teach me how to twerk. <laughs> can she twerk? I mean, I'm sure she can. Everybody can. Except for me. <laughs> Everybody can. <laughs> I mean, I, mean- I can't. <laughs> I should be able to, but I can't. Not a good dancer. I have faith in her. She could do it. She probably could. I am, in fact, not going to have Kiki. I'm going to have Cash because I have a soft spot for Kurt and his twinkly blue eyes. And I'm going to have Cash's giant cellmate so he can protect the bathroom so only I can use it and then they'll keep it nice and clean and nice for me when I want the bathroom at the patty because it's always gross (laughs) when you go to a dirty bathroom. Now, where does this big guy go to the bathroom when he has to go? Not in this one he's protecting, correct? No, absolutely (laughs) not. No. (laughs) Okay. So he has to protect too. It's the same scenario as like with him and Kurt, except that he'll be going to me. And I want to make one thing clear. This is your bathroom. And I'll be like, damn right it is, bitch. I'm very intimidating when I want to be. So I'm sure that I would have the upper hand on that giant, giant man. Yeah. Somehow. For sure. Totes. Anyway, Emily, I think it's time for your questions. Yeah, I have some very important hard-hitting questions for the panel. (laughs) Question number 11. Is a mullet acceptable if the man with the mullet is hot enough? Yes. No, No, it is never acceptable. I will never understand it. Kurt Russell is like, let's go out, but I have a mullet. I'm so sorry. And also, you're single, but I have a mullet. No. No. Not even Tom Hardy. What? No. It shows terrible judgment. So. (laughs) No. Hard disagree. If Tom Hardy, Henry Cavill, Joshua Jackson all had to grow mullets for roles, they're still getting it, even with the mullet. I don't care. Like, it will not put a damper on that gorgeousness. It's too good. You're just so forgiving that I am not. (laughs) Not really. My dad had kind of a mullet growing up, so maybe that's why it doesn't bother me as much. You've become used to it. Because I, I was used to it. Yeah, it was like I saw it as a child growing up. But I mean, I was like, he got ragged for it all the time. But I was like, yeah, he's fine. He didn't give a fuck. Who cares? You're not shocked by it. Like, yeah. I was shocked watching this film and every other person had a mullet. But I was like, you know what? Kurt Russell, go for it. I just don't like long hair generally on men. I'd like rather than be like completely shaved head than long hair. So you can shave Kurt Russell's head in his sleep. Yeah. Although I don't know if he'd pull off like really shaved head, but it would still be better than the mullet. For sure. He does seem like maybe that's a weird shape under there. <laughs> like his head's too big and square. It's quite a decent sized head, yes. <laughs> or is that all hair? Is it all hair and he has a tiny little maybe. Beetlejuice pinhead under there? Surely there's a movie <laughs> where he's had to have a shaved head. Uh, I don't, I'm going to find I'm going to Google it. <laughs> JJ, who can, can find this Kurt out Kurt Russell's. Kurt Russell's, Russell's head, head shape. Come on. Oh, no. Oh, he's got flat uh, top. Yeah, he's yeah, got flat top. Flat top is bad. Oh, wait. No, that's. No, these are Photoshop. Just kidding. I thought I found some. Flat top is is tough. Okay, yeah. His ears. Look at it, how big his ears are. That's a problem. Yeah, that's not his best look. Are you looking at the the ten best movie yeah, hairstyles? Yeah, I see that. Yeah, uh, I'm not liking the first three. That's mullet, so no, I won't like that. 
Oh, kill a stuntman, death proof. That's not Why too bad. Why do they keep bad. showing me Jeff Bridges? Ooh, now we're in Henry Cavill. All right. I don't mind him 3,000 miles to Graceland. That's not a bad hit, dude. Uh, uh, probably number three. Backdraft is probably my favorite so far. And he's old. His ageless ego in number one, the Guardians of the Galaxy look when he's old. That's quite good. So I'd go either Guardians of the Galaxy Kurt Russell or Backdraft Kurt Russell. All right. Well, I'll let him know that he can't have his mullet. <laughs> That'd be great. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that. All right. Question number 12. What is the weirdest animal to stroke and say you're beautiful besides a rat? On Instagram, I keep coming across this woman who I guess has this like tiny little pet spider and she plays with it and like acts like it has a personality (laughs) and pets it and it just freaks me the fuck out. So I'm going with a spider. Yeah, that's fair. That's not really weird. Mm -mm -mm -mm. Like, are we talking like a tarantula or something? No, I'm talking like one that's smaller than a freaking American penny. And it like, she's like, oh, he's in a grumpy mood today. Or, oh, he's playful today. Like, it's a fucking spider. What are you talking about? And she's like, I just need to give it some love. You're a fucking psychopath. I mean, I wouldn't take it inside, but I have a spider outside right now. And every day I go check on her to make sure her web hasn't been destroyed by like the mailman because she built her web across like the front walkway. And every day I go look at her. I'm like, you're cool. Okay, bye. And I go back inside. You really are the ultimate animal lover. It's adorable. (laughs) Um, I am going to go with a monkfish which is a seafloor dwelling fish in the Atlantic Ocean. And it is a really, really ugly fish. It's really ugly. I used to work at a Bonefish Grill seafood restaurant, so we would serve monkfish. So I am oddly familiar with what that motherfucker looks like. He's hideous and why would we eat him? Oh, he tastes good. He's so ugly. Yeah, (laughs) does it? It's like the poor man's lobster is what they call it. Yeah, I'd happily eat it, but I just think if it was alive, it'd be really weird if you like pulled it out of a tank and you were like stroking this monkfish, just being like, "You're beautiful," stroke, 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 and it's like dripping everywhere. And it's like, nah, 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 like with its ugly face. And yeah, that'd be weird. It's ugly. <laughs> okay, our next hard-hitting question from the panel. Question number 13. Please explain to me how electricity works because I think this movie is wrong. I went on a Reddit deep dive because I felt like that was going to be the most dumbed down explanation. I, <laughs> it was too much science. Yeah, five. <laughs> So they said that a live wire has electrical potential, but the electricity can't go anywhere unless it finds a path with a low enough resistance for the voltage to overcome it. So think of it like a dam. Water sitting on the high side of the dam has enormous potential, but it stays there because the weight is not enough to overcome the dam. The water doesn't know that there is place to go, but like, because there's no place for it to go, it has to stay where it is. So it's the same thing with electricity. Okay, so it doesn't just, like, in my mind, I was like, doesn't it just go in your body and, like, wait? Like, it doesn't know, but, okay, a dam actually makes sense. Oh, good, because it didn't make sense to me. I was hoping it would to you guys. No, that does. Thank God, because I was like, okay. wow, that's really sciencey. She's science smart. I don't know. It's MRT. That's me. Like, I don't know what's going on. I went straight up movie explanations. Well, I think it's right, like a hairdryer in a bathtub, like when they stick the wires in the water, so that part felt right, and, like, when you see like birds on like a telephone wire, that's fine. But then I yeah. also think it's wrong because what about Jurassic Park when he grabs onto the fence and he's like, bah, and like, bah. He was grounded there. But he wasn't. He was holding onto the fence. Yeah, but his feet were on the ground. Was it? No, he was he's a little boy and he's like holding onto the fence. Oh, and then the he little flies boy. Because he fakes it oh. when he's on the ground. 
That's an electric fence. I think that's different than it's not a live wire. by rubber. Because an electric fence, the purpose is to shock you. Like, it's not containing it. It wants to shock you yeah. to keep you away. I guess. And a live wire is not supposed to. Stupid sure. science. <laughs> I just was like, when Kurt Russell started explaining it, I was like, what are you talking about? But then when he said, uh, or I, he said something like, I don't know, or I don't know, that could be. He's like, don't maybe you it's know? Not sure. I don't know. Yeah. And I was like, all right, I like that. It's allowed. Yeah. 100%. I hope these hard-hitting answers answered your hard-hitting questions. It genuinely did. Thank you. <laughs> you are welcome. <laughs> okay, so my first question is, who do you think would win in a fight, Rambo or Ray Tango? Uh, I think Rambo. I think Ray Tango was lucky. I think he was not that good of a cop, and things worked out for him, Ooh. and he just would show up and he'd be like, there's stuff in that box. Rambo was like building himself a little tent and building himself a new little shirt and, and building a himself a new little yeah <laughs> he built himself a tunic he was like methodical and that was the piece like liz said that i was missing from this like the detective work like the, mm. the methodicalness like he just was kind of like on the beat like going by like okay i go do my cop job i think rambo would would have little tricks little traps Okay, A, I <laughs> love tunics. I love that you brought up the tunic. It makes me so happy every time. <laughs> B, you're totally right about the, like, they didn't show enough. Like, when Tango knew that the drugs were in that thing, it didn't show how he knew. He was just like, look at me, I'm so smart. And you're like, okay, but why, though? Where is the working? However, I am going to just play devil's advocate and say, Ray Tango, in the movie they show him talking people out of it, right? Like, being persuady. So I feel like he would just talk Rambo down from fighting him. He'd say stuff and Rambo would be like, uh, I not talk much. So I <laughs> hit thing and Ray Tango would be like, ah, blah, blah, blah. And Rambo would be like, my head hurt. I drink beer. That's my theory. Nice. That's fair. I'm going with Tango just by body count alone from their first movies. Because like Rambo didn't kill anybody. Tango killed a lot of motherfuckers. So he doesn't have whatever that is holding Rambo back from not killing people. Tango's un unmoored by those feelings he's just gonna kill motherfucker you think that winning in a fight requires you to kill someone man you're psycho i think <laughs> not being afraid of killing somebody gives you an advantage in a fight i feel like rambo would be very willing to kill someone who looked like him you know what i mean like he doesn't want to kill innocents but i could see rambo being like i can kill that man that's me yeah no civilians I could see tango doing like the the improv mirror trick and making him <laughs> go away by fooling him into thinking that he's his own reflection <laughs> yeah okay controversial opinions here team i'm loving right? it right okay so if this movie was remade today who would you cast as tango cash and Catherine? two of these were very obvious to me which is tango is henry cavill and it wasn't just because i was thinking about the man from uncle but i think there's like there's like this he's a serious hot guy he's mm -hmm. like i play by the book i mean we all agree that Cash is uh, Chris Hemsworth, right? Like, yes, that's who I have. That's amazing. It's so clear. It's so clear in my brain. I was like, obviously Chris Hemsworth. That's amazing. Obviously Chris Hemsworth. Perfect. He could even have that same haircut. Like, it's just, he just, he has this, he has Kurt Russell vibes. Forget who's that? Wyatt, that other Russell. Wyatt Russell. Wyatt Russell. It, it, no, Chris Hemsworth is the true heir to the, to the Kurt Russell, like, situation and for uh Catherine, i realized i was like i don't know any like young actors i was like but you know what so i'm gonna play it a different way 
Jennifer Connelly is an older woman. She's the older sister of Henry Cavill that is interested in his young new buddy. And that's why he's like so protective and like weird about it where he's like, uh, like I feel like Chris Hemsworth and an older woman, not, she's not even old, but just, you know, that more than these movies usually allow a woman to be. And she was so good in the Top Gun follow up. Like, I just love her. And now instead of working in the strip club, she owns it. And so she makes sure that all the girls get out there on their motorcycles on time. (laughs) She can also strip if she wants to, but she just seems like a businesswoman. I get that. I appreciate that. (laughs) I love that we both pick Chris Hemsworth for cash. That is just amazing. I am going to pick a name that we've already mentioned this podcast for Tango, which is Tom Hardy, because I totally see him as having the buttoned up, you know, serious kind of vibe. And also I've been wanting those two to be in a movie together for like ever. So what I need. For Catherine, I figure you could just put like a lifelike sex doll in there just so that a woman didn't have to waste her time because she was only an object in the whole film. So why bother like, you know, making a woman get out of bed when she doesn't actually need to act? If you really needed an actress, though, I'm going to go with maybe Peyton List. I feel like she could pull off Tom Hardy's sister and she's sexy. Nice. But I still say the sex doll. I'm going to play into the stereotypes that are in this movie. So type like casting against type i'm gonna have the rock as tango because like he's the muscle bound one but seeing him play against his usual type is kind of what stallone's doing so like that's the vibe there and then i'm going carl urban as cash because he would look great in fucking drag and he can pull out the mullet and everything and then i'm gonna have rosario dawson as Catherine because i feel like she could expand on that role because if we're remaking it the women are not going to be objectified as much. We can't have that. There has to be some progress. We cannot have so that. So that's what I want. <laughs> we have- <laughs> Wait, can, can we talk about how shocking it was when they panned up Kurt Russell's legs like in those <laughs> things? And I was like, God, his legs look incredible. <laughs> Aerobics instructor. He looked so good. I was like, hmm. That was a cute little twist, actually. I like that little, you know, you thought it was going to be him and the leathers and then no, it was not. Well, and that was when Terry Hatcher got to be like, no, I'm in charge. Come on. She's mine. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, all right. I love that shit. All right. And then my last question is, if you were to perform a sensual dance number, what song would you choose and what prop would you incorporate into your performance? So we saw a real motorcycle. We saw Terry Hatcher maybe do like two hits of a drum set, like, but um. Boom, and then toss the sticks away, which, okay, now somebody has to go pick those up and save them for you, whatever. I don't want to brag. I just bought a unicycle <laughs> because I want to learn how to ride. Oh, my um, God. That's amazing. I don't know how. I'm going to teach myself. All the knee and arm pads are for, like, children, even though they say adult, so it barely fits. And so to fit with that theme, I think Britney Spears Circus, and I would come out on a <laughs> unicycle. Holy shit. Okay. You need to make that a segment on the next live stream for The Cure because I think that would break fundraising records. I would pay so much money to see you do a sensual dance utilizing a unicycle to Britney Spears' circus. I'll start working on that. That would be amazing. Mine isn't as good as that, but still. Um, So when I was like 16, I went to this party and there was this girl, Heidi, who was doing a dance on a table as you do at 16, and it was to Pony by Genuine. Right at Fuck yes. my pony. And Classic. I just always have that in my mind because at the time we were like, oh, my God, what is she doing? But also, you know, like the guys seem to like it. So that's what I'm doing. 
And just to keep with the theme, I'm going to get one of those little toy sticks that with the horse head, like the little broom <laughs> horsey, because you can ride it and then you can twirl it. I don't know. I feel like you, you've got a few options there. Oh, yes. <laughs> Clearly I'd be sexy okay. as fuck. <laughs> That's amazing. I'm going to do Journey's Love and Touch and Squeeze, and I don't know if you guys are familiar with that yeah. song, but like. My prop is going to be a maypole because I figure you can use the pole part like as a stripper pole, but you can also grab onto the ribs and like swing around or whatever. And like you can kind of like get into it. So that's what I'm going with. I think that is spectacular. <laughs> this sounds like quite the club. Super sexy. I think this is our new business venture, ladies. Wow. It's just these three dances. <laughs> well, each have our own little sort of corner where we do our thing and then so you guys <laughs> can choose stage you know what you want you can go to one of these three it's up to you there's no judgment here huh? i think we're really missing out on a great business adventure <laughs> i wonder what sam would do you know him best put him in the scenario i want to vi- envision it now i don't know what his musical tastes are this prop has to be a bucket of kfc yeah, but what? Like a sexy song about like just eating like a caveman. And he'd just be like, <laughs> What's that one where Beyonce says she has hot sauce? Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> I don't know any recent music. Like, I don't, have a, I don't think I've listened to any new music that's come out within the last like maybe 15 years. <laughs> or that song, that song Lollipop, but instead of a lollipop, it's, it's chicken that he's eating. Nice. Oh, like. <laughs> You're sweet like KFC boy. <laughs> sweet like chicken. I don't, okay, let's just stop. Uh, <laughs> to move us on, I will go on to my questions. So question number 17. Who is your favorite badass 80s movie cop? John McClane, hands down. Mm-hmm. I hate Bruce Willis and what he's become, but I fucking, I live for John McClane. Yeah, for, as the 80s cop, like in the 80s movie. Yeah, he's yes. fucking awesome. Is that three, Emily? You agree? No. Oh. No. What are you going with? No. Jackie Chan police story. Oh. I haven't seen it. You want interesting fight scenes? You watch any Jackie Chan movie for hand-to-hand combat that is phenomenal. Police story is not my favorite, but it's his 80s one. Who am I? Rumble in the Bronx. All 90s. Super Cop, which is the third police story with Michelle Yeoh. All 90s. But 80s police story pretty solid i mean that guy what he can do and what he actually does more than tom cruise even like the the tricks he does and then at the end of his movies there's always the bloopers of like him really doing this shit and like falling or breaking a bone or whatever else like he is a real life badass it's crazy i don't think i've seen any jackie chan movies should i watch jackie i've chan seen movies? jackie chan movies but none from the 80s my nan, you gotta watch think. the '90s ones. My nan used to love Jackie Chan. She like just watched all his movies, as you do. He is so funny. He like, oh, any of his '90s or '80s movies. If you watch his recent ones, they're very like Americanized. But if you watch anything where he's like not speaking English and he's just fighting, it's so good. Hell yeah, sign me up. I'd watch that shit. Okay, check it out. Uh, question eighteen: How would you have included women in this movie as something other than just objects? So I think in my remake that I'm envisioning that we have to have the women in roles like maybe make Perrette a woman villain or like we have like some female police captains. But basically it's all 
men who are having any important roles and then the women are just there for boobs and for sexy dances on the stage so i say make the women part of the system so then they're in the movie i'm going to take that a step further in that i said we want the villain should be a woman that guy should be a woman who is going after these two cops because she's sick of these aggressive men being like venerated in the media like they're always in the news like cop does another bust cop beats some more guys down cop fights someone best cop and she's like what the fuck and goes after these two guys who are in the news all the time for their aggression oh i like that like a sympathetic villain because i have to say this movie did really find police brutality fine if not even funny multiple times you're like whoa dude like they were both like oh why did you beat him in the face and break his ribs i was having a bad day oh okay well that makes it fine No, yeah. it doesn't. You can choke that guy out with a chair. Yeah, like holy he shit. He did try to kill him. He did just try to kill True. him. True. It doesn't matter. You're but, the police. Yeah. Soz. No, but. I I don't. <laughs> you don't condone police brutality. Yeah, no, that's fair. No. Uh, Unless it's in an 80s action movie. Fair. Yeah, I mean, this was the 80s, but it was just, yeah, there were a couple of times I was like, um, yeah. okay. I actually, for the face guy. When he was like, yeah, well, I got arrested by these cops and they broke like multiple of my bones and stuff. I was like, oh, I'd be pretty pissed off too if I was him. Like, that's totally fair. Yeah. But yeah, I like that. Making her that sort of sympathetic anti-villain kind of thing. I just thought you could at least have Catherine helping. Like she could have actually gone and solved or been the key to them finding out who had framed them or something like snooping on the side or I don't know. But I feel like she could have done something more. Even if they had to use her as like hot girl bait. You know what I mean? And she befriended the villain or whatever. Yeah. Like, she would have been part of it. Like, I'm surprised they didn't do that, honestly, that they didn't send her in. Or, like, at least use her sexuality to, like, screw them. Because men will stop and go, or like, oh, I can't do anything when ladies show their boobs, according to most movies that I have watched. So <laughs> she could have utilized her boobs to great effect, I think. All right, so question 19. Who got the worst cellmate, Tango or Cash? I feel like Cash did. He couldn't use the toilet. That man's bed was like basically in his face when he was trying to sleep. And then he was like farting. It was too much. (laughs) I I blacked out all of that and said Cash's roommate because of his snoring. That would make me so furious. I was like, I don't care if he hijacks the toilet. I don't care if he's farting. Like the snoring, that like repetitive. Oh, it would make me so mad. I was uh, the other guy, Tango's roommate, was doing that like slinky noise, and that like those sounds bother me so much. But I was like, no, snoring is worse if you're trying to sleep and you're just listening to it. Ugh. I love that you're not at all bothered by the idea of being in a cell with a crazy person who did seem like they might actually just want to try and carve you up in a satanic ritual in your sleep. He's, <laughs> he's staying in there quietly until he carves me up. Great. Let's do it. <laughs> as long as you get a good solid six hours sleep before he kills you. That's all that matters. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. That's reasonable. <laughs> We're reasonable people. All right. Our final question of this episode is from our Patreon and Ashley's Bubby, Dan of Netflix and Swell. His and Caleb's podcast is a great source for Netflix news, reviews, and booze. Good job. I know. I thought I'd do it for you (laughs) since you struggled last time. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck those guys. (laughs) That's really funny. Anyway, Dan asks, who was the true MVP of the film? And it can't be Tango or Cash. 
I think Kiki is the MVP because her brother is trying to manipulate her, guilt trip her, whatever. And she stands firm in her stuff. Like, no, I'm going on this dance tour. No, I'm going to date this guy. Like, you can try, but I'm going to keep living my life the way I fucking want to. And if you don't like it, there's the door. Yes, Kiki. I'm going to say whatever second in command to the bad guy that had to make all the calls to get that framing to happen, who had to... Go into the the guy that did the tape. So I had to go to the other cop. So I had to go to the judge. So I had to go to everybody and be like, here's what we're going to pay you. Here's what I have on you. That's a lot of admin to get the, all those ducks in a row to get that those guys in jail within two weeks. Like, I'm sure the bad guy with the rat was just like, take care of it. And he had to go be like, crap, who do we have dirt on? Who can we bribe? I got to get this going. That's a lot of work. Someone bring me form 673C. We've got to get them transferred from this prison to that <laughs> prison. Oh, and before yeah. we do that, we have to do form 65A. Oh, my God. I'm going to have to do overtime. It would have just been exhausting bureaucracy. And then he got his dick blown off his thank you, by the way. <laughs> got blown up with a grenade down his pants. Well, I think he entirely that got blown rude. up, so he wouldn't need his dick at that point because he was no. pissed. But yeah. Oh, that accent really weirded me out. Like, I just didn't expect that guy to have that accent. And every time he talked, I was like, what? Why do you sound like that? It just didn't mesh with the way he looked or something. It was quite funny. I'm going to say Owen. Because A, he had the fancy toys that were fun and they were all excited to go drive his fancy RV or whatever. And he was fine for him to take it, even though they were like, yeah, we're totally not going to trash this vehicle. And he was like, uh, yes, you absolutely will. And we all knew that they would, but he was kind and let them take it. And also that he just seemed to know a lot about where they were going and what they needed to do. And I was like, how do you know all this stuff? Oh, and like, he was like, yes, this airbase and it'll be this particular thing and this kind of fence and you'll need to worry about this. I was like, how do you know this? He's got moments of genius. Yeah, great, great quality guy to have in your back pocket, you know, as your like operational planner. Uh But like, where is he getting the money to juice up these trucks like that? Oh, the LAPD. (laughs) Slash, he's selling to foreign nations. Uh, Ah, yeah, Yeah. okay, that makes sense. Okay. Well, what are you going to (laughs) do? Damn. On that delightful note, uh, that brings us to the end of the podcast. Uh, Thank you both for delivering yet another banger of an episode, tearing apart one of Hollywood's most manly movies. Should we take a second for you both to talk about your own podcasts? Yeah, so I host the Rabbit Ears podcast, and every month, kind of, I have a different guest host on to talk about a different TV series that is finished airing new episodes so i'm going to be doing brooklyn 99 in october and i've got my episode with liz on the wire that is up now so check it out yay i emily higgins host tasteless that is now bi-weekly is bi-weekly every other week or twice a week it could be either i think oh fortnightly fortnightly yeah fortnightly i compare two films and i Talk about why the one that I like is better, even though the other one is critically acclaimed. So next up is 2001, A Space Odyssey versus Species. (laughs) Sweet. (laughs) Yeah. Awesome. I definitely recommend everyone checks those out. If you want to get a hold of us at Movie Reviews and 20 Qs, you can find us on Twitter at Movie Reviews in. Email us at mritqs at gmail.com or search for Movie Reviews and 20 Qs on all the usual social media platforms. There will be upcoming episodes, but I don't know what they are. (laughs) I promise I'll be more organized (laughs) in the future, but I actually, no, I probably won't. You should listen anyway. Just dial in. It'll be great. Just put us on your list and get excited for the surprise. 
Anyway, uh, cheers, you ladies. You're wonderful. Thank you. Thank you for having us back, and thank you for watching this movie and letting me talk about it. You are it's been, welcome. like the highlight of my life. Okay, that's slightly concerning, <laughs> but also very touching. I really appreciate your guys' help in making this the top quality podcast that it has been, and I'm sure that we will maybe do this again in future. I'm down always. Yay. All right. Who needs Sam? <laughs> Sam, go play with your baby. We got this. Yeah. Eat your chicken, dance to your freaking <laughs> music, and we got this. Do your thing, baby Smurf. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's thank you for me. Deuces. Bye. I like that I have to ask to join, like, there's security. Yeah. There's some Miranda hops in, like, I love Tango and Cash. Let me <laughs> like, in. I have things to say. <laughs> I have very strong opinions. I've been watching, I was watching Housewives in Beverly Hills before we got on, so, like, <laughs> I'm just used to talking bullshit.